This week, the number one show on Netflix Canada was Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Hey, Justin. Yes, Dave? Why are people watching this? I really don't know, Dave, but let's figure it out. Here's the synopsis of Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, Episode 1. Elisa Lamb was a 21 year old Canadian tourist who stayed at the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles in February 2013. She disappears under mysterious circumstances, leaving behind all of her possessions in her hotel room. So why are people watching this, Dave? I actually did some research into this, some research of some research, if you will. Oh my. So there was a, there's a media company, they did a quick survey, 2,000 people, over half of them were interested in watching more true crime. Oh my! Wait, just this is random. Like this is random people. Just random people. Like, every second a, person I asked wants to see true crime. Is that what you're honestly well, saying? Well, specifically asked about not just you know randomly stopping them on the street and asking them if they like peanut butter and true crime, but like <laughs> if if in your view, if this was targeted specifically at, at people who view television okay. and, and streaming services. Okay. So and. The category of millennials and Gen Xs were the most likely to watch this That's, sort of thing. Gen X is us. That's us, yeah. Uh, and millennials. We're most likely to... Okay, so of people who watch stuff on Netflix, they one out of two wants to see true crime. Yeah. So that's why this is number one, because half the population of Netflix is is waiting for this. And and of all... So they surveyed also a lot of random... All the other uh, streaming platforms. Netflix, of course, was the most popular platform for people wanting to watch true crime. Okay. And there's uh, there's a, there's a television uh, station called Investigative Discovery. Okay. It's a TV channel. It's like super popular, I guess. And it's all true crime. All things true crime, 24 hours a day. My God. Uh, so what did you like about this? What was good about this for you? Okay. I have a very short list of what I liked about this show. <clears throat> the first thing I liked was Douglas Mungin. Do you remember who that is? No. Douglas Mungin was the Skid Row historian guy. Oh, yes. He's the only person that was a talking head on this where I'm like, hey, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. I want to hear him talk more because he was talking about the history of Skid Row. And I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there with you on that. Yeah. I thought the history was fascinating. So essentially, the only thing I liked about this was the part that wasn't about true crime, but was about the history of this building, or sorry, the history of uh, of Skid Row itself, because I found that absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I, 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 I did too. And I, I was, and also the expansion of that is the history of the building itself. Yeah. I found that interesting. Like, you know, at one point it was like a pretty high-end hotel before the before the great depression that yep. kind of thing real tourist place and i didn't i had no idea about the skid row thing and and just how intense that was and the whole uh, principle of like how the city of los angeles is corralling all these yeah. homeless people into that one area yeah i had no clue so i thought that was super helpful to i me. thought that was great and i thought he sounded like an authority figure not just some random internet sleuth or whatever the hell the rest of these people were <laughs> And I wanted to hear him more, but he was only on for a second. So I liked him. I liked that part of it. Yeah. I was very fascinated by Amy Price. She was the the manager of the hotel. Oh, you know, she, we're on the same page oh, here. Oh, man. That was, yeah. She's, her intensity, what a story madness. I, I just I enjoyed when she was on because she seemed somewhere between like 
I don't know. She just seemed unhinged. You're just waiting for something to happen. She seemed unhinged, but at the same time, like exactly the kind of person that you would imagine managing this, like kind of a bit of a, uh-huh. like a mother hen, like with a bunch of really chaotic chickens, you know, that yeah. are on acid and she's just trying to keep them. And she stayed there wrangling those chickens for 10 years. 10 years. That was surprising. It's like, she said, well, I assume, you know, we had about at one a point, I think thousand she said nine one one calls, and she she figured. It's, I think she said sixty people, eighty people had died there. Yep, and she's and, like, "This is the place for me." Yeah, and, and said, "Well, I'm getting up and coming here the next day." Yeah, and I'm sure it was a fascinating place to work for her. Yep, absolutely. So those are the things I liked. I liked Amy Price. I liked the historian. That's what I liked about it. You know what? Neither of those things have anything to do with the actual subject of the movie. <laughs> It's a good point. It's a good point. Those could have existed independently. Independently, completely. I could have just watched a history of Skid Row. Yeah, it would have been about a twenty-two minute like documentary, and yep. I would have been like, okay, well, I'm done. That was fun. I'm out. You know, but alas, we got something else. So that kind of leads us into what you didn't like about this. Well, I have a lot. I have a lot to talk about when we get to the rants section, but I'll keep my dislikes to just one thing. Okay, and that is why. Oh, why are we talking about the supernatural? Why, right off the bat, do we hear about the nexus of dark energy at this hotel? Yeah, we're trying to make something that's not there, but... Yep, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, this... like Because true crime is like, oh, a whodidit mystery. It is not a, there are nefarious hellish forces forcing, you know... It It could be that they were sitting there and going, you know what... A hotel where 80 people died and we get about, you know, a thousand 911 calls a year and, you know, there's a compelling missing persons case isn't compelling enough. Yeah. I think we need to introduce the supernatural into this. Yes. I, I and you know, I'm sure that the, I'm sure the filmmaker Joe was like, okay, people keep talking about it. I'm going to have to include it because it's weird not to include the supernatural since everyone's on and on about it. Mm-hmm. But he could have. He could have. Because it is, it is insanity. It doesn't need to be there. It adds nothing, and it immediately, right off, like they mentioned in the first few minutes, I'm like, forget it. This isn't true crime. This is, this is like nonsense. Yeah, garbage. It's like mermaids. It's like those movies on the or those Discovery Channel net um, documentaries about mermaids or whatever. You're like, it's a whole thing based on nonsense. It is. It anyway, is. that's what I dislike most about it, and I, I can't, I don't want to get into why I think the supernatural shouldn't be involved in anything like this because it's just going to be in me ranting about epistemology or something. But, like, I, I, no. No to the supernatural. Well, again, that could have been a whole separate show. Uh, yeah. You know, like the haunting of the Cecil Hotel. Sure. Well, that could have been a whole separate show. And I would have known to turn it off right away. <laughs> Instead, they lured me in with the word true. <laughs> anyway. Well, I only have one thing that... Well, I don't didn't have one thing. Listen... There's a few other things, but we'll get to those. But the one thing that I, I didn't like about this, and I only watched one episode, but is there a, is it necessary to have four? Like, this is a big time commitment, this show. You know, for something uh-huh. that, that you could Google and find out basically what happened in about a paragraph. Yep. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of investment for your average person. Yeah. That was my number one rant, actually, mm-hmm. is how did they manage to squeeze four episodes out of something that could have been 15 minutes? It's true. It, uh, it's mind-numbing and it painful. And we have to watch this because this is the premise of this show. We right. watched the thing. So I watched the full hour. It, it, 
normally I would never, I would have gone off five minutes, I would have tapped out. But here I am, an hour in, and I couldn't imagine watching three more hours of it. Right. I I really needed to find out what happened to this this poor girl, yeah. obviously. Google, so, Google, done. Google, and in 20, less than two seconds, yeah. I knew exactly what had happened. And this brings me into the reason I hate true crime everything. You know okay. how, like, they, they <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they, I know we're not in the rant section, so, but just give me two seconds. You know how, like, one out of two people apparently want true, true crime? Mm-hmm. I'm the other person who doesn't. Because if it's true crime <laughs> and you want to know what happened, Google it. And two seconds later, you're like, oh, J- uh, Jim killed her. Boom, done. But do you think there's something more compelling in the dramatizations and the storyline and the interviews? Does that add something for you? No. Okay. Because it's true crime, right? <laughs> if it was a fiction story, like an Agatha Christie, the, pro- the journey is fun because you're involved and you're trying to figure out who did it. But this is about real people who, are actually, who actually died. And it's, it should be treated with some sort of like... Uh, compassion or respect and so dramatizing it for the sake of viewers i find weird and gross that's that's essentially i think why i can't stand true crime being dramatized like this it's true if you want to know how someone died because it seemed weird yeah you can google it 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 kind of reminded me at one point i was like if you knew somebody that was somebody was in a car accident and you'd heard this somebody said oh you know your friend john was in a car accident and you're like oh my god what happened? Yeah. And, and people started out with, you know, starting like three weeks before the car accident. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then had some people come in that, that owned a car one time, that was the same as your friend's car, and they yeah. talked about different things that had gone wrong with the car. Yeah. And, and really, all I want to know is what happened to poor John? Like, is he okay? Yeah. You know, is, is he safe? But Yeah. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to be like... Well, John woke up that morning and he had a croissant and he had two and a half cups of coffee, which was unusual for John. And there might have been ghosts in the coffee. No, no. Just tell me how John's doing. I can't stand it. So, anyway. so we're kind of already into that section. So, But I'm just going to denote that let's just get you into some ranting and, and some of the things that really, really uh, got you unhinged about this. All right. All right. This... I didn't understand the addition of this guy, John Lorden, whose title is YouTuber. <laughs> what is happening? What we are trying to solve and actually, like, I get that the point was they released this video and then all these randos started, like, researching it and coming up with these crazy conspiracy theories. But, like, to think you're going to put that in the documentary, that that's an important part of it reaching out to this one guy do you think maybe he was the only like coherent youtube sleuth that they could find so they gave him the most screen time Uh uh-huh but this is just this is what bugs me about truth and science communication this is a, a deeper rant than you probably wanted but like the historian dr douglas mungan he has a phd he's a professor at solano community college right yes great these are the people you want to give you information, the people with real knowledge, 
Right. They need the screen time. Instead, we've got 10 times as much screen time to the most coherent YouTuber they could find with his crazy dark nexus energy conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's everything that's wrong with the world today. Like, I, it, it was very upsetting to me. I mean, I, I, I like listening to the detectives because that's they're doing an actual sure. investigation. Like, mm-hmm. they're investigating it. here, and in the, But it's dull because investigations of this kind are... They can sometimes go nowhere for yeah. months at a time, and things can stall, and yep. you know. So, and and that's the, listen to these guys, and they're like following a lead, and then it dries up, and then they have no leads. They release it, and then it's just they release this video, and it's just wild speculation on the part of these YouTubers, YouTube experts. <laughs> I don't even know what title they are. YouTuber, yeah. Ugh, that was maddening. Also, the way it was structured to drag it out, right? Which is what we're talking about, not liking was like a few minutes in, they're like, they brought the team in and they're like, well, we know she was in the elevator and then she was never seen again. They said that pretty early. Mm-hmm. And then a half an hour goes by with all this crazy speculation. And then they have this big reveal. They're like, and then we found video footage and we found that she went into an elevator and then that's the last we saw of her. And I'm like, you literally said that 30 minutes ago. We already knew all that. Everything that just happened in that 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I guess, didn't need to be there to get to this point. So what else? What's next? Do you have rants, Dave? Things that bug you? Uh, I just don't like things. Things. Are, this is a very dramatic story. There's no need to add more drama. Like the, you know, I. You could have just told me this story, like a, like you say, in in like a forty minute show, a documentary, and it was it would have been compelling. There's no need. To, like the couple at first that they come in. You know, the British couple, or he's British, she's she's European from somewhere, and they've. You know, there's a whole setup there. You know, where let's go to California. We're going to go over, and all basically to set up the fact that this hotel happens to be in a crappy part of town, and then they just disappear like out of this show. And I'm like, I was kind of invested in the drama of them. Oh, was something going to happen to them? Did they witness something? Are they key to this story? There's no need to have them there. That's you've bumped right into my worst scene award. Okay, well, let's just get right to your worst scene then. Worst scene award was, at some point, suddenly the camera pans over some sheep and a guy tuning a guitar. (laughs) And I'm like, what the, where the, what is this? And then it turns out to be this couple that you're talking about. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and I'm like, I was honestly lost. I'm like, sheep in in LA, what what is that? And then it's like a UK couple, uh, you know, like you said, she's, she's, from somewhere else but and they're interviewed and it, it occupies so much screen time about them essentially saying like and our hotel was kind of dirty it was dirtier than we thought it was gonna be the hotel is quite dirty like that is the whole setup of it i don't know you could have cut all of that out it provided exactly no context they did never come back at least not in this episode no. i thought like they're witnesses nope they're just people to attest to the fact that this hotel next to skid row was kind of dirty yeah not, why why I know, it's uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, it's part of the, it's just this. I, I've seen a lot of shows like this. Yeah. I watched one the other day with Lawrence Fishburne. It was something about Area Fifty One or uh. Roswell. It gave me absolutely no new information. No. There was a lot of dramatizations, a lot of like, you know, could it be or was it where when maybe it was or yeah. So it, it's I think it's pe- people are watching these, hoping to find out something, and. 
And this, they just create these people. They throw these things in, and they're you're, not, you're never going to find anything out. But I think people want to find something out, so they keep tuning in. Yeah, it, it. I do get nervous in the sort of the dramatization of this, the breathlessness with which they approach it, the excitement of finding something out. It it smacks of the the sort of conspiracy theories zeitgeist that we're currently living in, where yeah. where so many people are like, there are grander forces, nefarious forces that are dragging people down and running you know, things behind the scenes. And I find it to be the most dangerous impulse in the current climate. And that's why I think I'm extra sensitive. I'm like, I don't like a whole, a whole documentary that is really trafficking on that kind of tension. I find. Well, and that was, that was the other part of it. It's like, you know, they could have, it could have been about something that was actually exceptionally mysterious. That was difficult to explain. Sure. But this was just a really sad tragic story involving you know mental illness and you know a, a girl kind of out of her depth in terms of you know yeah. being in the wrong place at the wrong time and some difficulties with mental illness and medication and to me it's like there's no real mystery here other than all these like internet sleuths they keep calling them that are just creating yeah. all these like these the, yeah like conspiracy theories about you know well this you know maybe she's not this or maybe she's Maybe there's somebody else holding the elevator, you know? Yeah. But it's all complete speculation, and it all has absolutely nothing to do with what... Actually happened. Probably actually happened. That is the reality of it, is that there was a woman who's we know later on, I don't know if they reveal this, but, like, you can Google it. She had bipolar disorder. She may have been having some sort of episode, and then she ended up uh, drowning in a, in a water tank on the roof. That's how yeah. she died. Yeah. An accident. Uh, that's... It's a terrible, sad case a real sad actual fact like um of a thing that happened and it does not require supernatural forces nexus of evil dramatization conspiracy theory youtuber people involved at all we don't need that it's i find it annoying and disrespectful and gross anyway that that, that's real that's me really ranting i find it i don't like it i don't like it okay i got some trivia for you okay are you ready for yeah bring us back up to something fun all right Which serial killer (laughs) called the Cecil Hotel home during his 1985 murder spree? Oh, yeah. I I forget this guy's name. It's got an an R in the name somewhere. Like Randall, Randy. Randall. What is it? Richard Ramirez. He was the the Night Stalker. The Night Stalker. Richard Ramirez. Also, in my digging, there there was another uh, serial killer that we know of that was uh, named Jack Unterweger. Okay. Something like that. Uh, so I've uh, there's another trivia question and I had two answers for okay. this and one of them was uh, we already s- talked about so you might remember but how many people have died at the Cecil Hotel oh you said something like 60 or something right well I I looked this up and there was a question like this on the internet and it said 16 but according to hmm. the woman Price she says 80 people and that's I seem to uh, I believe her I thought she was talking about just during her watch of 10 <laughs> years <laughs> right which is like you know that's that's a lot. That's in ten years. That's like eight people a year. Yeah. No so, wonder she's calling nine one one all the time. Yeah. Which I am tending more to believe her based on some of the stuff going on at this place. Yep. So, I got yeah. some trivia for you. Okay. What what happened to the Cecil Hotel? Oh, well, I thought it was still open. It, what happened to it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. it's been renamed. I think. Oh, yeah. So you know this. Yeah, it was. It officially shut its doors for renovation in 2017, and then reopened as Stay on Main. 
You stay on Maine. So it's you can still go there in LA. Okay. Apparently. So what that leads to my next question. Uh-huh. Where is the most dangerous part of the Cecil Hotel? Ooh, this is interesting. I mean the lobby? <laughs> Well, according to, do you remember there was one guy interviewed who had lived on, lived out, it was a homeless yes, guy, but he lived yeah. there kind of during yep. the 80s he was talking about. He claims the most dangerous place was from the sixth floor up. Oh, wow. Because that was where the, uh, I guess there was a small segment there between like the second floor and the fifth floor that was like the hostel and the traveler's part. Oh. And then above there the were just term. like the long term kind of like. Yeah, Richard Ramirez's and stuff would be sure, staying there. Yeah, uh, see, so, that guy's that guy was an interesting get, like a good interview subject for this as well, because his story was real and raw and probably terrible. And if you're doing in a documentary on like Skid Row and the Cecil Hotel, you need people like him. You yeah. don't need YouTubers. You don't need YouTubers, and you don't need to make more scandal because the scandal is it, in it, the truth. Yeah, the, the conspiracy is that, you know, the city of Los Angeles is rounding up homeless people and dropping them off and in this one place. That, yes, that is an insane <laughs> terrible story that we should be actually talking about, not yeah. an, not that there are evil spirits haunting elevators. Yeah, or we should be a little more outraged about that than yeah, whether there's exactly. a spirit. I have a I have a question for you. Okay. I bet you don't know the answer to this. Uh, Amy Price, she's the former manager of the hotel. What does she do now for a living? Oh, my God. Did you look this up? What, no, but oh. whatever she's doing, it must pale by comparison. <laughs> uh, I hey, don't know, selling cars? Maybe? Yeah, you're not far off. I'm going to give you her website address. Okay, sure. Because, A, it'll tell you what she does, and, B, I think you should go check it out. For sure. www.amypricejewelry.com. Of course. She makes and sells jewelry. Yep. Out of out of parts of dead people <laughs> that she, she collected in her tenure. No, out of <laughs> I don't know, like crystals or whatever. It seems like she's got a legitimate jewelry business. And on her Instagram account, it says that she's writing a book. Well, one, yeah, of one, course. Yeah, I actually would be like, I hope she has a book deal. I hope because her, her story was weird, and I bet it's going to be fascinating. And um, she's like one of these people that you meet at a party and mm-hmm. they kind of just in the middle of some in, inane kind of conversation, just drop this like bombshell as if it's like nothing and then just move on to something else. Yeah. And you're just like, what, 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 what was that? Like, you know, yeah. I, I feel like she's got a million stories. She's like, like an, an ER nurse or an ER doc. Like it's Hell probably yeah. like, here's a hundred stories of things I found in body yeah, cavities my first year. Just that time a guy came in with, you know, half of a bus stuck in his side or exactly. whatever. Exactly. You know? uh, yeah. I'd like to hear her stories. Yeah. So that, that was my trivia get. Okay. Amy Price's current life. All right. Yeah. Uh, did we do your worst scene? Oh, it was the it was the sheep because of the UK the sheep, people. Yeah, exactly. So, would you watch this? Would you continue watching this? I Ab- think I know the answer. I think to that, you know the answer. Yeah. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. It is. I do not like true crime, as I probably pointed out at this point. It's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like the way they handled this true crime with the sprinkling of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not for me. I'm not the one and two people that is the target audience for this for sure i would never watch it except for we have to for this podcast what about you dave would you no because the only my only compulsion to watch it was after the first episode i was like what happened to this poor girl like i need to know what happened yeah i googled it yeah i i read the actual facts and then you know i was like okay well that's really sad and too bad and i don't need to watch it although Uh 
in my research, oh. there was, I guess they draw in this like uh, death metal guy somewhere along in the story. Whoa. Who happened to stay at this place like before this woman was ever even there, like a year or so before. And somehow they the show kind of tries to equate him as a possible candidate for having murdered her or something really based on absolutely nothing based on nothing just based on speculation and i bet and, a youtuber probably pieced it together yeah i think so i think that's probably the source of it and then he went on to like try to sue a bunch of people and you know ruined his career all those things really? so i was kind of like only interested to be like okay what is this guy's story and how did he get drawn into this n- nuisance of a show but yeah. Anyway, other than that, no, I have no interest at all. Yeah. So I think maybe we're in the wrong type of podcast genre because true crime podcasts are super uh, popular. There's there's one called Crime Junkie. Okay. Uh, launched in 2017. This woman Ashley Flowers took it out of a basically a radio segment she was doing for free for Crime Stoppers mm-hmm. uh, and some radio station in Indianapolis or Indiana somewhere. Anyway, turned it into a podcast. Uh, Currently, she gets like 1.6 million unique listeners uh, during a week, you know, after, and then uh, basically 22 million downloads a month of her program. Flabbergasted. It's the most listened to series on the iTunes podcast charts. Is it? Well, it was in 2020. Yeah, because you had like Serial, right? You had a bunch of true crime podcasts. That is a, it is a whole thing. I'm... I, ne- I never listened to Serial. The only thing I listened to was that The Onion had this, like, uh, fake uh, podcast, fake true crime podcast. You know, mm-hmm. The Onion, the satirical yeah. thing. I think, I don't know, a, a really deadly murder or something like that. Yeah. It, it sounded exactly like this kind of breathless conspiracy theory thing. And it was absolutely hilarious. But I would argue, the difference with, and I've listened to this podcast a few times. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just a telling of the story. You know, they're like 30-minute podcasts, but it's like take a disappearance of somebody or murder and it's just a telling of the story there's no drawing in of like couples from uh sheep couples sheep couples from the the north country you know there's none of that uh, okay there's just basic here's this person here's what happened here's what the police did here's here's a break in the case or and, and a lot of times they just end sadly as this you know some people are still missing right? well so, i'm you know what i'm okay with that like that doesn't sound terrible if, if it's not sensational and it's really just telling a, a a tragic story, and it's done respectfully in the sense that like one of the family members who was involved in this mm-hmm. could listen to it and not be upset. Yeah, I think that's okay because like the reality is like the people who know the woman from this thing, they're out they're out there. Yeah, they watch Netflix. They might see this, and it would be troubling and upsetting to hear a YouTuber talk about ghosts in the elevator. I would be a if that were my friend, I would be like, "F off!" Like, you know what I mean? So, anyway. Okay. Yep. True crime is hard, man. It may be my least favorite thing of all time to watch. Yeah, and it is number one. It is number one. It's interesting to know why it is, but it's yeah, people love that kind of. I don't know. Maybe it's terrifying, and people just like to be terrified. Yeah. On a visceral real human level read a stephen king novel <laughs> you know what i mean you don't have to involve real people that's all i'm saying read a stephen king novel wow okay well well i think that wraps it up for that so uh if anybody out there wants to catch crime scene the vanishing at the cecil hotel go for it or 
or Wikipedia it and uh, spend two seconds on it. And yep, and move on with your day. And you don't have to listen to the YouTubers. Right on. All right, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.